Hello and welcome back to Astro Vibes, an ambient vibes podcast. I'm your host and astrologer, Garo, and as promised, today we're going to learn about the main components of a birth chart, and then I'll talk about the eclipses that are coming up this and next month. My hope for you is that after this episode, you'll be able to look at a birth chart without feeling too overwhelmed, and you'll leave with some practice on interpreting your own chart through the lens of these eclipses. As you listen, it will be helpful if you have your birth chart to refer to. When I say birth chart, I mean the actual wheel, not the table with the words. Also, I use the whole sign house system, so it's important that the chart that you're going off of does too. If you already have your birth chart with whole sign houses and you know how to read it, then you're good to go. For now, let's catch up our friends who need a little bit of guidance. First, you'll go to astro-seek.com and then click on Birth Natal Chart Calculator under the Free Horoscopes tab. Input your birth information and then click on Extended Settings at the bottom. On the left, you'll see the option to select your house system, so go through and find the one that says Whole Sign. If you skip this part, you'll get the default Placidus house system, which it isn't bad or wrong or going to make your chart super different. Um, we'll go into how they're different later on this podcast, but for now, just know that I use whole sign because it makes the most sense for my brain. The last step is to click calculate chart and ta-da, your birth chart. If you don't know your exact birth time, you can still generate a chart by setting the time as noon but some of the pieces won't be as accurate, such as your rising sign and the houses. A noon chart is still useful though, because it will show you a pretty accurate representation of how the slower moving planets were positioned, and this still gives us some important data. Okay, now that we've done that, let's get into how to make sense of this wheel thing with symbols and lines. I like metaphors, so for now, we're going to refer to the wheel as a strange, delicious pie. A pie in the sky. This pie is divided into 12 slices, each slice being 30 degrees of the 360 degree dessert that is the universe. In the middle section of each slice are the planets, represented by little symbols. The outermost part, or the crust, tells us the sign that each of these planets is in aka the flavor that they're each taking on. Yeah, each slice is a different flavor, okay? <laughs> Don't question my metaphor, thank you. Even if you have no planets or symbols in a given sign of your chart, that sign is still important because it corresponds to one of the 12 houses. So for example, I have nothing in Cancer, no planets, no points, nothing. <laughs> also just don't have any water, <laughs> just yeah, take that for what it is. Um, but still, Cancer is my third house, and that means something, so we're going to learn more about that right now. On your chart, the houses are denoted by the numbers in the center of the pie. The tip of each slice is marked by a number from 1 to 12. These are the houses. Your first house is always going to correspond to your rising sign, and it goes on counterclockwise from there, based on the order of the zodiac. For example, Taurus is my rising sign, aka my ascendant. This makes it my first house. That makes Gemini, which comes next in the zodiac, my second house. Cancer is my third, Leo is my fourth, and so on. Each house has a meaning, 
an area of life that it rules. The houses are the settings, or the life territories, in which you eat this particular slice of pie. It's where you're going to be the most Libra, or the most Taurus, or the most Cancer in your life. Maybe at work, represented by the sixth house, you like to eat cherry pie. Or when you're socializing in a group of friends, the eleventh house, you prefer apple. The fifth house, when you're being creative and or sexy, you might enjoy a sumptuous blueberry slice. The house that each sign falls in adds an extra layer to your relationship with this slice of the pie. The last important piece for you to understand is the aspects, or the different colored lines in the middle section of the pie. We won't go too into detail, but you should know that these lines represent the relationships between the planets. These relationships are determined by the distance between the planets, which can be chill and lovely, or more tense and challenging. There are different categories of these relationships. For example, a 60-degree separation between two planets is called a sextile, and a 90-degree separation is called a square. Each type has a meaning and provides even more context into what was happening in the sky at the time when you were born which in turn provides more context into the particular gifts and challenges you might experience. I know, it's a lot, it's a lot, it's a lot. This is why we say astrology is so much more than your sun sign, and why we shrug off the haters who criticize before they understand its complexity. Hopefully the pie metaphor is doing something for you, but if you're not catching on right away, do not worry. It took me a lot of time and work to internalize and memorize these concepts, and one way that I solidified this knowledge is through reading and listening to many, many different people explain the same thing. I'll be repeating these explanations as they come up, and hopefully that helps you to commit it to memory, but if you're serious about learning astrology, it would be helpful to spend some time researching how other people explain the anatomy of a birth chart. You could also start memorizing the different symbols for the signs and the planets, and the significations of the houses. But if you're not here for all that, it's okay. I'm just saying this for the nerds who have the free time, like me. Okay, maybe you're thinking, wow, now I want some pie. And guess what? So do I. Let's pause, regroup, maybe eat some pie if you're lucky enough to have some in your place. And then, we'll come back and dive into these eclipses! Also, if you enjoy the music played on the break, you can check out the song and artist information in the show notes. See you soon!
and we're back! Eclipse time! First, what is an eclipse? Well, every month we have two lunations, or lunar events. These are typically the new moon and the full moon. Twice a year, we get some lunar events that are extra special, called eclipses. They often happen in pairs within a couple of weeks of each other. What happens during an eclipse is that from our view here on Earth, the sun or moon is partially or totally blocked from our view. One minute it will be up there shining bright and looking cute, and the next it will still be cute, but like an obscure cute. <gasps> Mystery. A lunar eclipse happens when the moon falls into the Earth's shadow. Yep, just like you have a shadow when the sun hits a certain way, the Earth has one too. During a lunar eclipse, the Earth's shadow prevents the moon from reflecting the sun's rays, causing all or part of it to look cloudy or completely dark. Depending on the moon's positioning, it may also take on an orangish-reddish glow. Lunar eclipses are okay to look at without eye protection, because the sun is not directly involved. A solar eclipse happens when the moon totally or partially blocks the sun. You definitely want eclipse glasses if you're gonna observe one of these, unless you want to burn your eye holes. Finally, how do eclipses affect our lives here on Earth in an astrological way? As I mentioned in our first episode, celestial events do not cause anything to happen. They what? I can't hear you. Okay, say it with me. They reflect and they mirror earthly happenings. Eclipses are powerful moments that reflect patterns and changes that occur in our lives for the five to six months leading up to the next set of eclipses. They symbolize turning points in our lives, especially in the territory or house that it falls in your chart. That is the center of the pie with the numbers. Unlike new and full moons, manifesting is not encouraged during an eclipse because it's recommended that you stay open and receptive to whatever changes are coming your way. Eclipses are a time for humility and for accepting that it's just time for things to feel different. We'll have our next set of eclipses in November and December of 2021. Before we go into those, let's take a trip back in time to May 26th and June 10th of this year. What was going on for you around that time? What kinds of changes were happening? What patterns were set that are still in motion? Whatever your focus has been since then is about to go through a process of shifting and changing as we go into our next set of eclipses this and next month. This would be a great time to pause the podcast and to go look at your journal from that period. If you don't have a journal, but you post on social media regularly, you can look back on your posts to jog your memory. I want to take this moment to emphasize how helpful keeping a journal can be. Not only is it a way to take care of your mental, spiritual, and even physical health, journaling is a budding astrologer's best friend. Keeping a record of what's going on in your life and your feelings gives you something to return to as you grow in your understanding of different astrological cycles and events. Personally, I've kept a journal since I learned how to write. This made it super easy for me when I got into predictive astrology and started learning about the transits, because I could go back and look at things like eclipse seasons and analyze the astrology through my actual experiences. 
So instead of some astrologer telling me this is what I'll, I foresee is happening, you might experience this. Like, I can look back and say, oh, I did experience this, and it actually is pretty fifth house theme that I experienced. Okay, back to eclipses. On November 19th, 2021, we will have a partial lunar eclipse, and it occurs at 27 degrees Taurus. Like I said, this means that part of the moon will be obscured by the Earth's shadow. The only way to find out what the moon's actually going to look like that day is to go see it yourself, because we just don't know how the shadow is going to hit the moon. You can also check the internet the next day, but that's fucking boring, so don't do that. This eclipse will only be visible in North America and Hawaii. The eclipse after that is a total solar eclipse on December 4th, 2021, at 12 degrees Sagittarius. For some time, the sun will appear completely blocked by the moon. This eclipse will only be visible from the Falkland Islands, southern tip of Africa, Antarctica, and the southern part of Australia. Again, be careful with solar eclipses so as not to burn your eye holes. What's interesting about this eclipse is that we just had one in Sagittarius in May of 2021. This eclipse is a continuation of a story that began six months ago, and it's calling our attention back to the part of our chart that contains Sagittarius. What we're going to do now is to bring in a little bit of what we talked about earlier. I want you to look at your birth chart slash pie and locate the Taurus and Sagittarius slices. Then look at the tip of those slices and see what number or house corresponds to that sign. These two pieces of information will tell you where in your life you're going to feel these eclipses the most. Now this doesn't mean that you're going to experience huge life-altering change in these areas of life and that it's gonna rock your fucking world but you're bound to notice some kind of meaningful shift in regard to the houses that they fall in for you the next thing to check is whether or not you have planets in those signs especially at the exact 27 degrees taurus or 12 degrees sagittarius the more planets you have in these signs and the closer they are to this to the degree of the eclipse the more intense these experiences will be for you. For example, for me, my ascendant is at 23 degrees of Taurus. Pop quiz. If Taurus is my rising, what house does it fall in? Can you guess? You got it. It's my first house. The first house is the house of self, identity, and your physical body and appearance. The eclipse is happening in my first house, only 4 degrees away from my natal ascendant. So it looks like this one might actually rock my fucking world, <laughs> but we'll see. It could just mean that it's a good time to get a new haircut, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, in a second, I'll let you know my interpretations of what these eclipses might mean for you based on the houses they fall in in relation to your rising sign. Before we get into that, a couple of things. First, don't listen for your sun sign. I wrote these based on your rising. Also, PSA, if you don't know this yet, and you're still reading horoscopes for your sun sign, stop doing that right now. Otherwise, unless otherwise mentioned, astrologers write horoscopes slash forecasts based on people's rising, because this gives us the most information possible. 
because as we already know, our rising is our first house, and astrologers can use the knowledge of the houses to produce a more accurate reading. Second, a tip for learning astrology. Listen to each sign's horoscope, not just your own. Others' forecasts might not apply to your life, but you'll get to absorb more knowledge about the signs and the houses that way. Last but not least, these are just my interpretations, and the events I talk about are just speculation. Another astrologer would have a different perspective on how these might affect you, and that's okay, because astrology is an interpretive language. These aren't predictions, they're more like a vibe forecast. The fun part, and another great way to learn astrology, is to live consciously through the experience and to learn from what comes up and what doesn't. Okay, are you ready? Let's do it! Our first ever Astro Vibes Horoscope segment, November-December Eclipse Edition. Capricorn Rising The November eclipse in Taurus is in your fifth house. This is the house of creativity, sex, and pleasure. Maybe it's time for a new start in regards to the way that you have fun and express yourself creatively or in your relationship with your sexuality. The December eclipse in Sagittarius happens in your 12th house. What came up this past May in regards to the way that you rest and recover, the way you release and retreat? What turning point did you reach in relation to these topics? You'll see another chapter of that story play out next month. Aquarius Rising The November eclipse in Taurus will happen in your fourth house, the house of private life, family, roots, and where you come from. Maybe there's something about your home life that needs to change, or a shift coming related to your family. Sagittarius is your 11th house, so the December eclipse is bringing back themes about your social life, groups you belong to, and your hopes and your dreams. What changed about these topics back in May? And what kind of new turning point are you reaching? Ready or not, it's happening. <laughs> Our wonderful Pisces Risings. The November eclipse in Taurus happens in your third house. You might be reaching a turning point when it comes to the way that you listen and speak, or with your siblings, neighbors, and immediate surroundings. What kinds of changes are necessary in the way that you show up in your daily life? This month might find you this month you might find yourself approaching your family and neighborhood community in different ways. Go with it. Sagittarius is your 10th house, so the December eclipse is reminding you of changes you went through in your career and public roles back in May. Again, career, long term, work, short term. That's the 6th house. Your career is your 10th house. You'll have to go through a new cycle of changes in these same realms. Aries Rising The November eclipse in Taurus, which is your 2nd house, could bring about changes in regards to your assets, resources, and personal finances. Assets and resources don't just mean financial. They include things like the land that you live on, the food you eat, your values, and your strengths. Maybe you've been feeling like a change is coming in your relationship to resources or money. 
The December eclipse in Sagittarius, your ninth house, is a continuation of a story about changes in your knowledge with a capital K. The ninth house is the house of higher education, long journeys, spirituality, and philosophy. In early December, your attention is called back to a meaningful change of perspective or a turning point on a literal or metaphorical journey. Four, Taurus Rising. I have already talked about how we have a turning point coming in regards to our core identity, our physical bodies, and conceptions of self, since the November eclipse in Taurus is in our first house. I just want to say, good luck to us all. Also, how was your 8th house Sagittarius eclipse back in May? What's the story that you're being called to check in with? The 8th house is about shared resources, so think other people's money, mutual aid, material and non-material things that we've inherited, as well as things that require transformative merging, like sex, death, and the occult. One way I'm interpreting this December eclipse for myself is thinking about how around the time of that May eclipse, I started getting into the habit of tracking my personal transits daily. This took my lived experience of astrology to a whole other level, and I'm anticipating another round of astrology-related shifts in my life will come through the making of this podcast. Gemini Rising The November eclipse in your Taurus 12th house could bring about necessary changes in the way you seek peace and rest, how you release and retreat. Maybe there's a shift in how often you do this, or in the ways that you engage with these activities. The Sagittarian eclipse in your 7th house speaks to changes in your one-on-one relationships and other committed partnerships. When I say committed partnerships, I don't just mean your significant other, but also committed relationships like your roommate, your partner on a work project, your therapist. What turning point did you reach in these relationships in May? What part of these conversations feel like they might need to be revisited? Cancer Rising The November eclipse in Taurus is happening in your 11th house, the house of your social life and groups you belong to, as well as your hopes and your dreams for the future. Maybe your goals will shift, or you'll start participating in a new group-type activity that fulfills your social needs. The December Sagittarius eclipse is in your 6th house. Think back to the patterns you set in your work, health, and daily habits at the end of last May, and how your attention is being turned back to those topics now. You'll likely reach a turning point in regards to how you take care of your body and your mind. Leo Rising The November eclipse in your Taurus 10th house could bring changes in regards to your career and how you're seen in the world. By career, I mean more long-term than your day-to-day job, which is represented by the 6th house of work, health, and habits. Maybe something changes in the trajectory of your public image, or in the larger scheme of your work in the world. Sagittarius is your 5th house, so think back to May and notice what kinds of shifts happen in the way you engage with creativity, sex, pleasure, fun, dating, all those kinds of things. The story will reach another turning point with the December Sagittarius Eclipse. Virgo Rising 
The November eclipse in Taurus is in your ninth house, the house of your quest for knowledge, physical and metaphorical journeys, and higher learning. You might experience a turning point in your worldview or feel called towards a long trip in your external or internal life. The Sagittarius eclipse in December is in your fourth house, and it calls you back to the changes that happened in your personal, private, or family life in May. What was going on in relation to your roots, your lineage, or where you come from? These shifts will probably come back to light next month when this part of your chart gets reactivated. Libra Rising The November eclipse is in your Taurus, 8th house. Look out for changes around shared resources like other people's money, mutual aid, material and non-material things we've inherited, as well as things that require transformative merging, like sex, death, and the occult. Maybe you get really into astrology or tarot. Maybe you get some extra necessary help that you've been needing from an external source. With the 8th house, it could be so many things, but the concept of merging is key here. The December eclipse in Sagittarius happens in your third house, the house of listening, speaking, and observing, as well as the house of siblings, neighbors, your immediate neighborhood, and early childhood education. How did these themes come up for you in May? Whatever turning point you reached six months ago in these realms is up for renewal. Scorpio Rising The November eclipse in Taurus is happening in your seventh house the house of committed partnerships and one-on-one -on -one relationships. This includes people you live with, people you do work with, any relationship where you've both signed on to working together on something. You might experience a turning point in the dynamics of these relationships or the way that you yourself approach them. The December eclipse is in your Sagittarius second house, which is all about personal assets, resources, and finances. In May, did you go through any changes in the way you engage with your material or internal resources? How is your attention being called back to those shifts as we lead up to this, to this eclipse? Sagittarius Rising The November eclipse is happening in your Taurus 6th house, the house of work, health, and daily habits. This could be a turning point in the way you take care of your body and your mind, or in the way your daily work functions. For the December Eclipse in Sagittarius, it's in your first house. I am so curious about what May was like for you because you're about to go through your second first house eclipse of the year, and I'm about to go into my first. Did you go through any changes last May in regards to your physical body, appearance, or sudden sense of self and identity? How are themes from then coming back up now? Whatever they are, they're important and they're calling your attention in December. I hope you enjoyed, and good luck with the eclipses. Get ready for change. Hell yeah. Bye. <laughs>